Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, but this time scene by scene, until the end of time. That's right, James. Uh, I like the enunciation. Yeah. Yeah. Historical. Historical. Hmm. Well, speaking of pronunciation. (laughs) Oh. There was, I have literally no transition for this one. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Uh, Red leather. That's interesting because, okay. So, by the way, the voice you're hearing is As. So, As, is that, that's the one that you learned? Uh, I, I, I that's one of them. Gajillion. Yeah, I've got red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, polyester, pleather leather. Ooh. No, but I mean for the, for the, the lips, the teeth. One, the tip of the tongue, right? the specific. Okay, because the one that we learned was the tip of the top of the tongue. Oh, I never heard that. To add, to add like an extra, plus I think it also meters differently. Mm. So the lips, the teeth, the tip of the top of the tongue. Mm. Yeah, I um to the window, to the wall, to the wall, mm. till the. Mm. Anyway, uh, uh, so listen, Wait, this I is Wait, I got a couple nothing. more. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, we got Rubber Baby Buggy Bumpers. Oh, sure, that's a classic. classic. Um, Irish Wristwatch is one of my favorites. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a, a very one. good one. Yeah. All right, we can go. We can do the podcast now. I just wanted Historical to say Historical Order is a good one. Yeah. Historical Order. Yeah. Dr. Pepper. Anyway, um, that's not anything. It's just I'm still looking for that endorsement. Um, folks, we are here with Az today to do some podcasting. Before we talk about the timeline scene that we're discussing, um, as as always, we'd like to do just a little bit of like a kind of like take a second to talk about some of the things that you do. So for this one, why don't we do uh, talking about. Why don't we talk about uh, it jams for thee on this one? Okay. Um, Yeah, I can talk about it jams for thee. That is a. a yearly podcast that the Scavengers Network puts out, um, hosted by myself, Colin, Tay, Sid, and Dan. Uh, and every year we rewatch the movie Space Jam, and we love it more every time. And you will too. Hmm. Um, last year we uh, we played a fun game where we had a friend on and made he's never seen Space Jam and we made him guess about real events that happened in Space Jam so that's a fun lesson and the yeah, year I still maintain the, he cheated absolutely he cheated. it sound it seems that way and he could just kind of like <laughs> it, wanted yeah, to he, throw it us really off feels at the that end. Way. if yeah. if you're listening because to this Brian, we're answers. on to you oh the prestige <laughs> um and the year before that, we did a fun thing. It was our first episode. So we all did summaries from memory before watching. That was awesome. And mm-hmm. I really, that really enjoyed one. that. I actually listened to those again today because I needed a good chuckle on the way to work. It's good stuff. Uh, you know what's also good stuff? What's that? Is the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp. New and that's movie. The new movie. Oh, uh, and that's what we're going to be watching I'm on the inaugural today. Ant-Man and the Wasp episode? You certainly are. Ah, that's so cool. Um, I love this movie. I, yeah, me too, actually. I think, I mean, okay, I'm going to give a slight hot take here. While enjoying Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, I do mm. think that Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp were certainly better to me. Here's my, here's my only rebuttal to that. Yeah. I have a tough time watching Ant-Man and the Wasp because of how it ties into what was going on in the larger arc 
of the universe. And I know that quantum mania is literally like foundational, but I feel like you can. That's interesting because I feel the be exact like, oh, opposite weird. way. Because I feel, and then move I feel on, like this is what like, happens. I feel like Ant Man sets up the same exact thing that's going to feed into the end that I'm like. Infinity yeah, War right. and Endgame, and then we have that, to right? go like, watch the other movie. Uh, all that stuff, I feel right? Quantum I feel like it, it sets up that premise. Ant-Man and the Wasp does explain it, but it still has something that's based around its own characters, its own universe, and sets of rules. It doesn't need necessarily, like honestly, the post-credit scene is the yeah. only thing that really ties it to everything else. Yeah, it feels standalone. Whereas this is a thing where this reminds me a lot of Captain America Civil War, where like Captain America Civil War really should have just been an Avengers movie, right? It really, yeah, you know, it's really like what, how it was in the comics, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> and like this was one of the situations where I get that we didn't have other Avengers. I just feel like don't even call it Ant Man and the Wasp; just call it Quantum Mania. Well, the best, you know I mean? the best. Uh, I agree with that. I think Quantum Mania would have been good. Um, I, I think also. I saw, I think it was a TikTok that was like, this was a Fantastic Four movie, and I 100% agree with that. Yeah. So, sorry, say that one more. I'm, Fantastic this was what? a fan, we don't, they, Marvel didn't have the rights to Fantastic Four, but this movie was a Fantastic Four movie with different okay. characters okay. slotted okay. Yes. into. Yes. I agree with that. Sorry, for some reason, I thought you said this was a Fantastic Thor movie, <laughs> and I went, but he isn't related to this at all, so I was like, I was really confused as to where that line was coming from. Um, but like, that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like this was very much like setting up a big, like the next big thing. And like, I get that we do that a lot in Marvel and stuff like that. And I don't think that's an issue, right? Like they do that in comics, even they do that in the movies. And I don't mind that, like we're setting up the next big thing, like through another movie, because that's what a connected universe would do anyway. Sure. Right. Like yeah. you're not just going to have from the very beginning, like imagine if you had literally no infinity stones. At, at all, ever present in any of the first, you know, uh, two phases of the movies or even really in the third. And then just near the end, suddenly Thanos is like, by the way, here I am. <laughs> I'm looking for these things. I found them. Right. Like you'd be right. like, what? We've never heard of these things. Oh, what yeah, the fuck is for this? Sure. Right. Yeah. For sure. You have to set up like it's it's the same thing that TV shows do. Right. TV shows that have like think of like cop procedural shows. Right. That in order to have so many seasons, there's typically um some sort of overarching, not always, to be very clear, but usually there's some sort of thing that from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, there's some sort of major story that they're going to tell, and then each episode sort of slots in another mystery, and then like randomly you get a bit and piece of something else. Now, granted, with things like Law & Order and stuff like that, they don't do that, and I think it's because it is literally just for individual storytelling. Right. But I think of things like, you know, Castle or uh, The Rookie or something, like, anything like that, right? Both of which have Nathan Fillion, right? Um, or? Oh, or Bones. Or that was not the one you were thinking of. Okay, sorry. The Mentalist. The Mentalist. Sorry, you. I, I, I know which one he was. taking the prescribed break after I know. you said the name of the show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, but I think that those sorts of things have those like yeah. big, the, like there's an overarching story. I agree with that. Anyway, we've gone really off the rails already. Um, we're 10 minutes in to uh, recording yeah. and I haven't read the thing. So it's let's a, get into that. We are um, recording this on May 17th, 2023 and Ant-Man Mania, Ant-Man on the Wasp Quantumania did become available for streaming on Disney Plus uh, today. Uh, today, right? So yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Oh. Yeah. 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 I watched it today fact, to fill out that timeline. I was going to say, I did just get a text message today going, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is officially on the timesheet. So yep. um, not timesheet. Sorry, we're not signing in to do our shift. <laughs> so but punch in. To, to punch in and do our shift uh, on the timeline here, 
Here is Ant-Man and the Wasp starting at the very beginning of the, of the whole dang thing and going until 59 seconds in. So we start off with a black screen and the voiceover of Hank Pym saying, I still think about that night your mother and I had to leave you. A young girl walks through a quaint house to see her mom. Janet Van Dyne says, hopefully it's not for long, but I'll call you when we get settled, when I have a better indication of what's going on. The little girl has made it into the hallway to see her parents getting ready to go, and she calls out to her mom. The mom lets out a little sigh and approaches, calling her by her nickname, Jellybean. Daddy and I have a last-minute business trip, so Rose is going to stay with you for a few days. No, I don't want you to go. Ugh, it's going to be so boring. I won't be able to keep my eyes. And she pretends to fall asleep. The little girl laughs. Hank Pym walks over and says, Goodbye, sweetheart. All right, we'll see you soon. He gives her a kiss on the cheek. He shakes Janet's shoulder lightly and says, Janet, we gotta go. Janet pretends to wake up mid-snore, kind of like a, <laughs> you know, and she and her daughter giggle. The two parents make their way outside as Hank Pym's voiceover cuts in once more, saying, I wish we could have put down our bags, tucked you back into your bed, but too many lives were at stake. And that's the scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are our thoughts? Well, my first thought right off the bat is that your Hank Pym sounds a lot like your Stan Lee. Uh, listen, I'm trying not to do necessarily <laughs> the New York voice, but I'm he, they have a similar uh, gravel. I rasp. think you got to go nasal up a little bit on the Hank Pym. Listen, little, I'm I'm not necessarily I, trying to do like a spot on impression of him. I'm just trying to differentiate my voice a little bit so you can tell no. when I'm doing a voice yeah. versus a, a, like a line, not a line rate, like a here's narration or whatever versus like someone doing a line. Right. I just try, I'm trying to get a little bit of the rasp. And also, I'm gotcha. the only one that does the character voices on this show. So maybe get off my yeah. full back, okay? Um, I can, Thank you. I can do you character can voices if you want. Uh, I, I will not be doing that. <laughs> Listen, if you want character voices, uh, I got character voices, okay, bub? Great Hank Pym there. <laughs> I didn't say I was doing Hank Pym. Parker. I like being on the other side of the of the tension. Um, <laughs> I, my thought is, I think that it is a bold parenting improv move for Janet to remain asleep for the entirety of Hank's goodbye. I was like, that's committing to to the bit, and I appreciated it. Yeah, because like, if yeah. it was me, the timing would have been you got to finish up the bit before anyone else talks because then what if hank says okay goodbye and then hope runs off and then you're sitting there pretending to be asleep like a goon you know but but janet is uh, is is confident in her in her daughter's uh, attention span i think there's one of two things happening there right i think one i think she knows that hank is going to be you know his gruff and tumble yeah. like all right all right come on you know, yeah like because he's he's like I want to say goodbye to the daughter, but like there, this is like he's very much businessman, right. you know. Like and I don't mean like business, like ooh, suit stocks, right? I mean like he's right. like, let me handle you know, my business, in, man. Yeah, he's invest, he uh, invested, he's invested in his work, and like he's, right. you know. So I think that she knows that he's going to be kind of like the straight man here, you know, and be like, all right, we got to go. But yeah. also, if he started to walk away and she was still there, he's for sure going to turn around and go, Janet, you know, like there's no yeah. way he's just going to walk outside going, she'll come, right? Like she'll be there, you know, yeah, she'll be there, right? Uh, plus also if he starts to walk away and she's still there, I think that 
you know, because she's literally an inch away from her face, basically. Yeah. I think that if Hope turns around and her mom is still sitting there, she's going to go, she'll shake her or something. She'll go, mommy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Yeah. try and get her down because she'll laugh about it or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I also but, think that some people would, after getting the first laugh, the yeah. first giggle, would Correct. stop because they go, I got to laugh. Correct. I'm done. Exactly what I'm saying. Exactly what I'm saying. So it's a, um, it's a good the worst to the bit. The worst timeline is where Hank also starts to do a bit. Him walking away is the best uh, parenting decision he makes in this scene. Mm. Mm. Let the mom have her bit. You know? Yeah. yeah. What is parenting if not improv comedy? Listen, uh, not wrong. <laughs> comedy or just improv? <laughs> Depends on your kids. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Um. So going into this, so, yeah, I I was. I did not remember how this movie started, and I thought that it was going to be a different scene that is in this movie of Ant-Man and the Wasp in action. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But instead, I got a really touching mother-daughter moment, and I'm almost mm. happier that I got this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was very excited to <laughs> to remember how this movie starts. Um and you know, hear hear them call her Jelly Bean. Like that's so cute, you know. Yeah. And it comes up again in the story, but like it's yeah. just a cute little moment. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. I don't want to spoil anything, but as you you're, you you've got some uh, mother specific episodes that we're recording today. I yep. do. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like even the yeah. third one, which isn't yep. technically, is still. A mother it related is. thing. It's prequel mom. <laughs> happy Happy Mother's Day. That sounds Day. weird to say like that. Yeah. yeah happy Mother's you know, Day. Was it is just May seventeenth, twenty twenty three. So mm-hmm. Happy Mother's Day. Was well, just early this weekend. Um, I I also think though that like uh, I'm I'm also looking at this and there was another through line at least for the two episodes that I'm in charge of. There there is another um, connection between these two scenes that I'm that I'm in charge of, mm. and I won't say what it is in this one. So someone okay. please remind me to say it in the next one because I will forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, it's it's something that I didn't notice until it was like it was the second one, yeah. Where I went, hmm, okay, right, all right, interesting. Yeah, you know, and I was just like, it was just it's again it, part of it is like kind of like the the throwaway lines in a way, mm-hmm. or not exactly throwaway lines, but it's just like it's something so secondary that you go, huh, yeah. interesting that that has happened. Um, so right. I have a theory about this about this uh, this scene. Okay, okay, one of the characters in this scene. I want to share it. Oh yeah, is it a is it Rose? It is Rose. Because who the fuck is that? Was my question. Yeah. Right. And my answer when I was filling out, uh, as I don't know if you know this, but on my on the spreadsheet, one of the tabs I have is uh, character appearances. Mm. So, who has had the most character appearances? Uh, it's Peggy Carter currently. And makes sense. Um, I also do little red uh, texts for uh, scenes in which the character dies. Uh, so Phil Coulson is looking to have like three or four, which is fun. Yeah. Oh God, um, he's gonna have like five or six. Yeah, I think. exactly. Um, yeah, and that doesn't Until count time loop uh, over and over and over. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm. Yeah. I wouldn't count time loop because they're not. Okay, this is gonna be yeah. a wild statement. They're not permanent. Right. Exactly. To be clear, right, the other right, ones, right. they're also not permanent, but there's like yeah. there's a difference between stick. a reset versus a like. Right. Yeah. 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 I think this could be someone who had had employment. Uh, with uh, the SSR back in the 40s. Oh. Now, so that would have been 40, 
ish years since Rose was the uh, receptionist slash talent agency uh, head uh, in Agent Carter. But if let's say she was, let's say she was 30. So now that lady who looks like she could have been had red hair when she was younger is now 70. It's believable. It's a bit of a stretch. It's it's plausible though, and I think it's I think it's fun slash a little degrading. I like to think that she did it out of the kindness of her own heart, not because she needed the employment. Like, you know, sure, mm-hmm. I'll watch. I'll watch Hope. I love that little Munchkin, and not. Um, how much can you pay me? Maybe it's Shield needs to keep tabs on Hank Pym. <laughs> I like that. I'm also thinking though of like okay. Imagine you're someone who maybe you used to work with folks like this, right? And then you say like, hey, I'm retiring. Right. But you're still friends with that person. Sure. So you know that, listen, if someone were to ever know who we are, they might come to the house. You know. Right. So you need someone that you can trust, someone who does like, you know, have some training, stuff like that. So it's like someone who's like, out of the kindness of their heart is like, hey, I'm trained. I know protocols. And I can keep your house safe, things like that. Like, you know, like yeah. that, that's kind of a, a perfect scenario, probably for all. And also, I'm assuming uh, she wants some time away from Aloysius a little bit every now and then. So oh, she's just sure. like, I will gladly watch your child. Yeah. Don't you worry. Plus, she has like 15 years of babysitting. Uh, and no, everyone who I could think of died. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty you good. You know, if there's a few um, things that I know about Rose. It's actually not a very good babysitter when you think about it. <laughs> There's a few things that I know about Rose in Agent Carter. Uh, it's that she had style. She had flair. She was there. That's how she became the nanny. Is that part of the lyrics? That's to like the, the theme song, song to something? the nanny, yeah. That's so funny. James is not happy, actually. James <laughs> James was having fun with this bit, and then that happened, she and then James made a face. She was working as an operator in Flushing, Queens. And she then, was working at a department store in Flushing, Queens. Was yeah, it? Okay. she's working yeah. as an operator. I thought you were going to continue. And then that's Queens. all of the theme song that I know. Okay, I, she. <laughs> that's fair. She had to go undercover in one of those big spy scenes. I like that. Okay. Okay. Colin, I don't know any of the theme yeah. song. Uh, I couldn't stand the show. Rose will um, be there for you. Did I get it right? Close. Yeah, I think okay, that. Good. Yeah good mm. but all right all right hold on hold on hold on hold on shield but it's the friends font <laughs> that's good that's pretty good colin put that on the shirt list hang on yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so good hang on and then can we just for just for shits and giggles we should do uh hydra in the cheers font Ooh, <laughs> interesting that has some uh underlying messaging that i'm not sure i agree with or don't agree with i'm not really sure i'm gonna have to really think about that i would argue that fraser is uh yeah very similar to one daniel whitehall no um you're not far off <laughs> they both do psychiatry just in different ways that's true Experiment hmm. discovery Niles requires experimentation. <laughs> discovery <laughs> Discovery requires tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Dad, discovery requires experimentation. Discovery requires a beer in my chair. <laughs> requires uh tossed salad and scrambled experimentation. Uh, Ooh. 
There you go. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I what's the dog's name again? Is, is the dog's gross. name Jack? Eddie. It's Eddie. Eddie, uh, Eddie He's is a Jack just... Russell Terrier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Eddie just like barks, but like it's always like, and they put the little captions, and it's always just like Hail Hydra. Hail like, Hydra. Right. Yeah. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. The boys done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. Whether through captioning or through direct like lines of conversation of like addressing someone we know that the man who's voiceover and also addressing the child is hank pym right um we know that the person that's going to be watching over her is rose we know that the mother is janet van dyne and then the little girl who's named uh, nicknamed jellybean never never named a child now granted the the child nameless child and i feel like yeah, yeah it could be anyone exactly now the thing is, is that this is where I struggle with, where I go, okay, because we've watched the film and because right. of other future lines, do I say who this is? This is a common thing that we sometimes have to deal with on this show, which is like, do we say who it is or not? Now, right. granted, if you Google who's the child of Janet Van Dyne and, you know, Pank Pym, you get an answer and you go, yeah. oh, okay, but we're not there yet. So it's right. just like... Uh, so I just didn't ever name her. So she's yeah. I didn't look up any information for her for yeah. this uh, episode. Yeah. Well, I I I hope that we get to find out her name soon. It's very good. Um do you ever think about how they have her in the beginning, but then when you see her uh like 30 years later, it's uh, a lot like Star Wars, it's a new hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. It is a lot like Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, I am your father. Um, uh-huh. There's midichlorians. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> which are, yeah, uh, particles. particles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, and also Jar Jar Binks is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly off screen to the left at all times. He's standing yeah. with, with Sitwell. <laughs> and he's going, he's like, Misa Hydra <laughs> agent. Jasp, anyway, um, Jasp Sitwell. Um, <laughs> okay. I just wanted to say that I really love the work done to make Hank and Janet look younger in this mm-hmm. scene. It uh, harkens back to, if you listen to the Scavenger Scramble episode of this show, when we talked about... Mm-hmm. Um, or actually, no, we you've been there already, what they did yeah, to Stanley. Stan yeah. yeah. Stanley, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Harkens back I, to I that I think that there are, there are some very interesting and sometimes not very good uh, de-agings in, in some movies and stuff like that. And I don't mean like Marvel. I mean like in general. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot. I will say I do think that Disney does a very good job of it. Um, For sure. This is not that. This is a good way um, that they did it. Just real quick. I just want to really applaud you for your uh, Timeline Scavengers oriented. Uh, the movie that came out second but took place first on the timeline is what is being hearkened back to in this scene. And I really like that. And so I just yeah. really appreciate your, <laughs> your adherence to our brand. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, sorry. Okay. Um, sorry. Going back to the de-aging thing. Sorry, real quick. Cause I didn't, yeah. uh, my, my thing is that like, I feel like they've done a very good job of, of it. Like, especially in, in recent years, I think Hank Pym, every time we've seen like younger Hank Pym has always looked incredible. Actually. I mean, like it's, it is uncanny to me, like how, it just looks like actual Michael, like young Michael Douglas. Right. Um, it does. As if they filmed it 20, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, 
And then the same thing though with uh with Samuel L. Jackson in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. he looked incredible. Actually, like I mean, again, it is like watching some of his former movies. Yeah. Um, Phil Coulson, I felt he looks like good too. He, yeah, he looks pretty good. He, and the the funny thing is that like I feel like he aged pretty well because it really is for him. His whole thing was really just a couple wrinkles here and there, and that was really it. Yeah, you, you know, know what's interesting? The hair is a little stronger, but about yeah. Phil in that movie is that he, his hairstyle makes him look like a completely different man at that mm-hmm. point. Like. Mm, yeah i was looking at just, that recently yeah. and i was just like wow i don't recognize him yeah but that's um, it's a good thing no i i agree and i think i think another good example of this is and i feel like it i don't have any confirmation but it has to be the same technology that they use for hank pym in this uh the harrison ford de-aging for the upcoming indiana jones looks insane like it is as i and the insane is is like a good thing i'm like i'm like right. it is uncanny like there's a difference between Uncanny Valley and like me being like it is right. like it is wild Phenomenal. how good that looks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh it is uh it's it's dangerous sometimes, I feel like, because I don't want us to feel like we can just de-age every single actor ever, always, forever, and just like AI our way through stuff. Right. But like the way that we did the sort of redo of like Luke Skywalker and stuff like that, for example, in recent uh properties as well has been pretty exciting to me i don't think it's as good as like the harrison ford uh or hank pym but like it's it's there and uh i just want to really quick i don't think that ai did this i think that dedicated human technology users you think that they were like make this guy look younger and the computer's like okay the process of de-aging an actor through AI involves using machine learning algorithms to an- analyze and manipulate the actor's facial features, skin texture, and other visual elements. This allows filmmakers to digitally rejuvenate the actor and recreate a more convincing illusion of youth on the screen. For Indiana Jones 5, takes AI uh, de-aged, uh, sorry, de- uh, de-aging technology to okay. the next level. Fair enough. I think that my this is a this is a literal thinking thing where it's AI, and so I'm like, you're saying I think, automated. I think the, like, I think the issue with it, right, is that like right now we're in an age where AI is very like we're all very anti AI, and like because there's a lot of weird stuff that we're calling AI that's like, yeah, wholly bad. And I think that there's like kind of two sides to what falls under this category, and like I feel like that's the 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 struggle because like there's a lot of stuff that's done in like After Effects that would literally be AI, but you'd have to build everything from the right. ground up before you run it so like there's right. a little bit of a difference in like mm-hmm. in that kind of regard um because you are also building it to be very specific to your needs and for something that is created like by you not like using other right. people's random stuff you know or or pulling from other databases you're pulling from your own internal <laughs> right sources and uh, and creation so i feel like that's that's the I wish we had another term for it so that we could differentiate it from like the bad stuff. I was going to say, I would love for the bad stuff to just have another term. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I just want to make sure that wasn't, that we are clear on there are skilled professionals still running these programs. Oh yes. No, for correct. Correct. It is. And when I say, when I say AI in this regard, it is like using AI. Yeah. They're using AI, but it is their own thing. Like it's their own thing. It's every element of it is theirs as opposed to stealing artwork or stealing bits and pieces of it is their own creation. Yeah. Um, you know, you had a really, uh, you set me up for a really, uh, fun transition to, uh, what uh one more thing i wanted to talk about with uh de-aging 
which is in Indiana Jones. I just watched uh, Last Crusade the other night. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, I was like, this should be on Disney Plus, and it, it isn't. And then after I watched it, the ne- literal next day, I saw the announcement that it's coming to Disney Plus very soon. So that's very cool. Nice. Also, uh, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles is coming to Disney Plus, which means that I can finally not have to get the stuff from the library. That is a timeline scavengers snafu that is really yeah. weird. Um, but uh, in Last Crusade, actually, we've had this actor. He's been in, I think, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, how they de-age Sean Connery's character is literally mm-hmm. have a different person never turn their face to the camera and just do a Sean Connery impression. And that's young Sean Connery. Like they don't, there was, you know, 1989, they were that's not like. That's pretty funny. Let's and we've had the guy that was his that was his body double, uh, was an actor that we've that I've done an Avengers ensemble for. Um, that's and, a, that's awesome, actually. Yeah. So uh, it's funny how the I guess what I'm saying is the technology has come quite a long way. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, I feel like the the way we probably would have done it before, like well before, like some people, like for example, think of like Scorpion King, how we tried to create something there and that was a monstrosity but like you know imagine like you know way back when a lot of the times it would probably just be like you know masks and prosthetics and like just attempting to like not fully show the face square on because then you go that's just a prosthetic you know but if you kind of show it in profile or whatever and do it kind of quickly you know you can kind of get away with it uh it was uh the guy that played uh the head uh 1839 hydra aristocrat lord thornley Alex Hyde mm. White was the was the, the of course played. Lord Thornley you know, who could forget. Lord Thornley that beloved character yeah right right yeah mm. mm-hmm. all right so let's let's do a very quick in the comics because I yeah. know we've got a long uh, Avengers ensemble uh, so here is that so uh, I'm gonna go first with uh, Hank Pym because he is the first person that we hear and also that we sort of see um, Doctor Henry Hank Pym PhD was an American entomologist biochemist, roboticist, engineer, and physicist, and also, quote-unquote, scientific adventure, which I love because, like, that's not exactly, like, an actual, right. like, science term. And, 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 again, it's also in quotes, which I think is just very funny. So it's just, like, it's almost like he's, like, add that on. They're, like, that's yeah. not, okay, you can't go to school for that. But um, he's yet. considered one of the smartest humans on Earth, true. He discovered the PIM particles, which are subatomic particles, which can increase or decrease the size and mass of objects or living beings. He built a suit and for a time became the original Ant-Man fighting beside beside his wife, Janet Van Dyne, uh, who had taken on the mantle of the Wasp. Alongside Van Dyne, he became a founding member of the Avengers, again, this is in the comics, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Pym was the creator of the deadly android Ultron, again, this is in the comics. Uh, He was also able to modify his Pym particles to allow him to grow in size to become Giant Man and later Goliath. And there was a little bit of teasing with this stuff in this film specifically, actually, um, which is the only reason why I'm bringing all this stuff up. Um, after a nervous breakdown, he changed identities to Yellow Jacket and then later to the Wasp to honor his deceased ex-wife. Uh, his skills in science also led him to be appointed Earth's Scientist Supreme. So that's sort of like his kind of overall in the comics journey and time. He has had a rough go of it. Yep. And to say the very least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to skip over a lot of his stuff because it's a good Lord. Is it a, uh, let's see. You know, like but, uh, anyway, so here's, here's my favorite part. This is, uh, because again, you know, that thing where sometimes you 
create a character and then you find a way to like retcon that they're in something. Yeah, so, that was his whole deal. His whole deal. Yeah. His whole deal here is he has so many first appearances. Uh, his first appearance, quote unquote, was Strange Tales number 75, January 1960, retroactively. Right. Then uh, full on, <coughs> you have Tales to Astonish number 27, September 1961, as Hank Pym. Then his first appearance in Tales to Astonish number 35, June 1962, as Ant-Man. Tales to, to Astonish number 49, August 1963, as Giant-Man. Avengers number 28, March 1966 as Goliath. Avengers number 59, October 1968 as Yellow Jacket. And then Secret Invasion, Requiem number one, December 2008. And there is no, uh, oh, sorry, that, that no, that, that's as Wasp. Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, I was like, there's no uh, secondary can, thing there that I remembered there was. Can I talk about Yellow Jacket for just a second? Yeah. that Those comics, they introduced Yellow, this new character. Hank Pym went off somewhere. And was right. like out of the Avengers. Then this new dude, uh, Yellow Jacket, came and he was labeled a villain and fought like a villain. You know how in all comic mm -hmm. books they're like, we don't know this person, get him. Mm -hmm. So they fought him and then he kidnapped Janet and was going to marry her. What? And that was like a cliffhanger at the end of one comic. And then the next comic, it was like, yeah, no, this is real. It's really going to be a wedding. Oh, my God. It's Hank Pym. It, look, he has a different costume. It's still the guy. It makes sense. And it's like, this was unnecessary, fellas. This was not, this was needless drama. I appreciate it, was, it yeah. but also I'm like, like knowing that he's Yellow Jacket going forward is like, okay, well, does anyone notice that he talks exactly like Hank Pitt? No. Okay. Got it. But um, yeah. And, and it's, it's also cool because again, like there are other versions of yellow jacket as well in the comics sure. and, and also in the MCU. Um, so there you have it. Um, we'll get to them later. Uh, so that that's uh, Hank Pym. Again, I am going to skip over a lot of questionable things because uh, it would require many trigger warnings, but I will tell you this is that, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the comics, and I think that one of the... I was telling someone this just yesterday. I think one of the big things of why we brought on Scott Lang, like, just literally in the comics, was to just for a brief moment take a step away from Hank Pym and his storyline and go, okay, maybe we went too far. Let's focus... Same hero, but let's just focus on someone entirely different so that we don't have to deal with this. Um and I don't know if they actually felt any regret about it or not, but I think that they definitely were kind of like, we've taken this story pretty far. Let's back off for a bit. Um, this so is uh, Hank Pym in the uh, official handbook of the Marvel Universe from the early 90s. And you reminded me because they have him as various, as all of the different heroes that he is. Mm -hmm. Goliath yeah. and Yellow Jacket. Nice. I just realized I sh I could at some point start reading from my actual giant book of Marvel stuff that's yeah, behind me. For sure. I should I should do that sometime. Anyway, um, now on to Janet, though. Uh, Janet Van Dyne is a fashion designer and socialite who acts as the winsome superheroine known as the Wasp in order to avenge the death of her father at the hands of an extra extra dimensional creature. She was exposed to the size altering pim particles and was biologically altered by Dr. Hank Pym. The tiny adventurer Ant-Man. As the Wasp, she becomes Pym's crime-fighting partner, having the ability to shrink in size, fly with synthetic wings, and fire energy stings. Alongside Pym, she becomes a founding member of the Avengers, 
being responsible for suggesting the name of the group. Oh. She was like, I'm trying to avenge my father's death. What if we become the Avengers? Uh, what if we make it all about me? Yeah. Uh, the Wasp like eventually him. married Pym, but the relationship would turn out to be a tragic experience. Um, and that's... We'll leave that there. Yeah. Um, weaponizing the pain of her hurtful divorce, she has become one of the most prominent, efficient, and empathetic Avengers leaders. During the Skrull invasion, the Wasp had her powers tampered with to serve as a final attack for the aliens in the form of a living bomb. Her apparent demise was followed by the end of the war. She was later found in the microverse by the original Avengers and has uh, resumed her super heroic career. Yeah. And Hank Pym went a little crazy with Jocasta trying. He basically made an Ultron, an Ultron Janet. And it was. uh, Yeah, it was rough. But again, his story is. Yeah. Bad, but also very tragic. Yeah, I would read if you want a redemptive Hank Pym uh, storyline. Avengers Academy is a really good place to find him sort of dealing Mm, with some stuff and then and then kind of figuring it out. I agree with that. Is the microverse the same thing as the quantum realm? I think they are similar. I don't think they're exactly the same. Okay. I think that the microverse is probably a tier of the quantum realm. That would be. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would. I would. I would argue with that. Um. I think it's yeah, funny that I, the the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant uh, woman is the wasp. I think that's really really funny that they there's a little bit of like a this lady. Mm-hmm. It'd be like naming a, mm-hmm. a like a superhero Karen, like that's her mm-hmm. superhero name. Yeah. Uh, and then real quick, uh, Tales to Astonish number forty four nineteen sixty three is what was her yeah, first they, appearance. Those uh, Tales two and Strange Tales and whatever they told like they were like Twilight Zone episode, but they were like nameless protagonists. Like Hank right. Pym's one is like this dude found this way to shrink down, and he was among all the ants. Ooh, scary! But then he tamed the ants and whatever, and that was the whole story. And right. then later they're like, "What if that guy was this guy what over if? here?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I will say what's interesting is that she doesn't have a, a platitude of different things. Like she just was from the get go. Yeah, both the wasp and this character. So they just immediately, they they skipped all the other steps and they were just like, f- full blast, send it. Yeah, hard launch on on Janet Van Dyne. Avengers Ensemble. Uh, okay, so this is Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, it was released on July sixth. 2018 which is my dad's 62nd birthday happy birthday dad five years ago uh it is uh <laughs> the eighth movie of phase three and the 20th movie overall which is funny because we just started guardians of the galaxy which is the 10th movie overall and so it's like we're peace going in quantum jumps of 10 the funny 20 they call it the funny 20 that's right this movie is directed by peyton reed who also directed the other ant-man 3 and ant-man 1 uh, he also directed two episodes of The Mandalorian, The Ant Mandalorian, uh, three episodes of New Girl. He directed Bring It On, which is a, a fact that I know and then forget every time. And he directed three episodes of Mr. Show with uh, Bob and Bob, uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. And then uh, 13 episodes of The Weird Al Show. Shout out to uh, Mike. Uh, this was written by this. Uh, five people have credits for writing this movie. So... Uh, it's not as good as the movies where it was just written by one person. Am I right? No, that's not. 
<clears throat> it was written by uh, Chris McKenna, who wrote uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, Spider-Man Far From Home, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Spider-Man Homecoming, Lego Batman, and 10 episodes of Community. And his writing partner, I love when I discover people are writing partners because they have the same credits uh, mm-hmm. or some of the same credits. Eric Summers, which is what Magneto would be like if he was Cyclops' dad, who uh, also wrote Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, Spider-Man Homecoming, Lego Batman. Only one episode of Community, but he also did two episodes of Happy Endings, seven episodes of Drawn Together, and 42 episodes of Crank Yankers. So all of that... Uh, prank call uh, content that you have in this movie that is uh that is where that comes from mm. wow um it was also uh written by this uh sort of low credit guy named paul rudd um yeah. who uh created and wrote the pilot for party down uh and then he wrote uh he also wrote ant-man and the movie role models which he was also in but i don't think he was in party down maybe no. he has a cameo but i don't I think, think he has he's, a cameo i think yeah but and then it was also written by two other uh, uh, people, uh, Andrew Barrer, uh, who the only thing that I noted that was sort of uh, nerdy is he's working on uh, Transformers 1, which is in production, and I don't know what that is. Maybe some sort of prequel? I'm not sure. I, uh, I, but he has a writing... I feel like I got an ad for that recently on Twitch oh, really? or something. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, he has a writing partner who also worked on this, uh, who's also writing Transformers 1, with the very real name of Gabriel Ferrari. Oh, that's a, that's a Transformers <laughs> that's, name. Yeah, that for is, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Transformers 1. Gabriel Ferrari is the Marv Wolfman of Transformers. I think we can all that's agree. That's for sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm a totally normal guy. Uh, sorry. Uh, can someone hand me my oil? I mean my water. Um <laughs> Also, real fast, going back to Paul Rudd very quickly, I just looked something up because I was kind of surprised that there was something that you mentioned that I was, uh, how do I say this? It's not that I was like, surely, you know, James is missing this. I just went, James didn't mention this one thing, so I guess he didn't write for it. But in my head, I thought for sure he would have. I'm surprised that he wasn't a part of the writing team for Wet Hot American Summer. I feel I think like there was to a lot me, of improv stuff that they didn't that do makes writing sense. credits for. Yeah. Mm. But it was only David Wayne and Michael Showalter, yeah. which is fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. Two thirds of Stella, who also then included the other third, Michael Ian Black, in the film. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm. Stella was um, an underrated show. Anyway, so, uh, Hank Pym, we just recently saw. I actually should have uh, looked him up because it was in 1970 that we last saw him. But um, Michael Douglas. Uh, We'll see him in the future. I'll, I'll I'll make a note to to see if he's done anything recently. I don't think he has. Anyways, uh, Janet Van Dyne is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, she was in a, just a whole bunch of stuff, although less than I w- would have imagined she was in. Uh, some of the stuff that she was in, uh, Maleficent 2, Murder on the <laughs> Orient Express, Dark Shadows, What Lies Beneath, one episode of The Simpsons, Batman Returns, The Witches of Eastwick, Lady Hawk, which is a fantastic movie that everyone should see, uh, Scarface and Grease 2. And then I was sure that Michelle Pfeiffer would have a trademark. Um, so I wrote TM, TM, TM and a hyphen, but she doesn't. So I just did a strike through on TM, TM, TM. And here's a piece of trivia about Michelle Pfeiffer instead. She was considered for Vicki Vale for 1989's Batman. But she was dating Michael Keaton at the time, and he didn't think it would be right. So then she played Catman in Batman Returns. I don't know if they were still dating 
or or what, but I think it's weird that it's like she played who now? Catwoman. There it is. Did I say Catman? You did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stupid rhymes. I was like, yeah, that, I never noticed that rhymes before. <laughs> um, a young, nameless child who is secretly Hope Van Dyne is played by a, oh, an actress on. named uh, Madeline McGraw, who is not related to Tim McGraw. I did look. Um, she... <laughs> Sorry. That was going to be my next question. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, she was in The Black Phone. Uh, she was in The Mitchells versus The Machines, which is also excellent. You should see it. Great mm-hmm. movie. Uh, she was Bonnie in Toy Story 4. Um, she was oh, okay. a, a character named like Madeline McGears or something in Cars 3, which is weird. So like, obviously, like someone wrote that part for her. And I think that's really weird. Um, she was in one episode of Selfie, which if you didn't see it, was a short-lived sitcom. That's right. Starring Karen, Karen Gillan and... I'm Karen uh, Gillan, sorry. And... Uh, John Choi. Is that, is that John Choi? Yeah. And it's an adaptation of My Fair Lady, but for the modern uh, age. Right. It's very good. I really like it. The modern era. The modern era. Yeah. And then uh, she was also, I think her first credit was that she was in one episode of Bones. Good. Rose Indeed. is played by Darcy Sheehan. Uh, she was in one episode of Documentary Now, two episodes of Mad Men, one episode of Alias, one episode of My Name is Earl, one episode of The West Wing. Uh, she was in Van Wilder uh, with Ryan Reynolds, and she was in Co- oh, sorry, Cocoon, The Return, so the second Cocoon movie, which I think is maybe the only one I've seen. It was a weird time in the 80s when old people... Talk about de-aging. Whoa! De-aging! That's what that movie's about. Weird. Okay. And then she was also in two, two episodes of Miami Vice, not the new one, not the movies, but like OG Miami Vice, because mm. she... Uh, yeah. And then in parentheses, at the end of my... Uh, my thing here, it says Rose Roberts from Agent Carter. And we already <laughs> talked about that. So uh, who um, do you have written down? Who was she in? My name is Earl. I will look that up real quick. Cool. Thank Darcy you. Sheehan. That's like my favorite. I can't sitcom. believe she's done all this and created a very successful fashion uh, career. Yeah. Rose. No, Sheehan. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's a. Brand that oh, everyone I, I on the internet seems to buy from. That. Um, let's see. In my name is Earl. One of my she was also in that... Revenge of the Bimbot Zombie Killers. Um, oh, okay. If anyone was wondering if that was also her, mm, I yeah, was. I, I thought about Bimbot. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. thought she looked familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. <laughs> I fall asleep to that movie every night. <laughs> There's this movie called like uh, the uh, alleged crimes of the Texas cheerleader murdering mom or something. It's this big, long title and it seems like so fun. But then uh, then we actually watched it for Unabashedly Obsessed and it was remarkably boring. And it's always a disappointment when I remember that Uh, she played Natalie's mom in the episode of My Name is Earl called uh, from season one, episode four, Faked My Own Death. Oh my god! Wait, I know exactly who she is. That's great. That's awesome. That's a good episode of that show. I've only seen that show through one time. We watched it as it came out. Like that was one that we caught on right as it came out. But I, don't, I haven't been back through it. I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, I think it's yeah. definitely worth a rewatch. But that cliffhanger ending uh, is so sad. 
Uh, Colin made a uh, My Name is Earl reference our last recording session and then I asked him what he'd said and he said never mind because he was he was a little sleepy. <laughs> <coughs> I made a My Name is Earl I'm pretty reference? sure you did. You, I thought you said you said something that I didn't recognize and I'm pretty sure you said you know like My Name is Earl um, but I don't remember what it was. Interesting. I don't remember that at all which is fascinating because I've never watched that show. Then it probably so, wasn't that reference. Mm. Which yeah. is fun because now I don't have to feel bad about not acknowledging your reference uh, because I didn't right. know what it was. Colin, Interesting. from now on, I'm going to greet you by saying, hey, crab man. I'm guessing that's a reference from that show. Yeah, right? it is. And you got to okay. say, hey, Earl. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to say, wakey, wakey, <sighs> hands off, snakey. <laughs> Randy, that's say, mine. How... I'm going to say, how did you get this number? I've blocked you so many times. Um, all <clears throat> That's right. all I have for Avengers Ensemble, though. Perfect. Well, then, so, um, shall, shall we go on a business trip? Yes. Yeah, we say say goodbye to little Az and 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 Oh, to our little jelly bean? Our, yeah. And go on our, our business trip. But, dads, I don't want you to go. Well, too bad. Oh, don't I'm worry. sorry. Hold on. It's, it'll be fine because um, yeah, it's going to be a really boring next episode. Oh, no, I'm on that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> you're not on the next one, though. Yeah, you're not on the next one. You, uh, we do have a guest on the next one, and it is... I'm, I'm on the next one that I'm recording. <laughs> that you're recording, for sure. <laughs> that would be yeah, weird yeah. if you weren't. That would yeah. be weird if you if we just made you sit there. And, well, yeah. we, for another episode of Well, now, uh, I've, got, now I've got a good bit for the the next episode. AJ, yeah. huh? AJ is going to be our guest oh, on the yeah. next episode. Oh, yeah. Cool, good. So, oh, then it won't be boring. Sorry. I'll yeah. take it back. I'm going to get out of here, but before <laughs> it sounds like I'm leaving. <laughs> Colin, we'll uh, finish this one. <laughs> yeah. Before we go, uh, as would you tell people where you can be located? Um, my home address is. Thank you. Um, no, I'm not going to give you my home oh. address. Um, but you can find me at Cal's Calzones on pretty much anything sometimes there's an underscore between those words sometimes there's not try it with try it without you'll find me yeah <laughs> yeah there cool you go. well fun. awesome as thank you so much for being with us uh in body mind and spirit um as always i am james anderson i'm colin parker and i'm as excelsior excelsior